0: From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives.
1: Welcome to The Stoop Sessions. My name is Stephanie, and I'm one-third of The Stoop Sessions cast. Uh, we are doing something a bit different today. We have four brief talks that were sh- that was shared at our Intentional Living workshop. We thought they were so good. We thought we should share them. After this episode, the Stoop Sessions cast is taking a short spring break just so we can work on some more material for you guys. And again, you can find all our talks and workshops on our YouTube page. So enjoy. Our first brief talk is from Sharon Shaba Dickens out of the 20 Schemes Ministry in Nidri, Scotland. She is the director of women's ministry and she speaks about the simple ways that living in her community makes a gospel impact. So listen in.
2: And when I was a kid there was this underlying, I um, don't know if it was an intentional drive, but it was there to get up and get out. So what I mean by that is get yourself a good education, decent job, nice house in a really nice area and get out of this scheme. And I've kind of gone full circle and i am now been living in a, in a scheme called um, Nidri in Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, it's not the same scheme as when I grew up in as a kid, but it's not far, so it feels familiar. I know how it works. Um it's it's home um, and I genuinely um I love it and I love living just four minutes from church. So some of the things I would say that are positive about living in this scheme, um you are actually part of and embedded within your community. So you are not an outsider. Uh, you belong and are more likely to be trusted. Um And that's a massive issue i would also say that i have more genuine ordinary gospel opportunities than i would have had if i was living outside the scheme so those incidental conversations you have on your doorstep over the fence while i'm walking the dog or giving somebody a lift uh, those little snippets of conversations that become bigger conversations cause questions are asked and um natural conversations happen over time Um wouldn't have happened if I wasn't living in the scheme. It's as simple as that. I would have always been gone for those big conversations whereas living in the scheme, you get to have those gospel conversations along the way. You're doing life on life with people. And um, people that I know um because I'm living on the scheme just pop in and have hang out for a cup of tea. And so as they're walking from one part to another, if they're passing the door, they'll come in, they'll hang out, they'll come for a cup of tea. Um, if I wasn't living in those scheme, those opportunities wouldn't happen. I mean, I'm, it doesn't matter how good you are or how nice or how organised you are, the reality of trying to get someone from one part of town to another with buses and cars and lifts just wouldn't have happened. But because they're literally passing my door, uh, those opportunities um, are there even before I've sought them. But I wouldn't say that everything is is um, is good. Sometimes it feels like I'm living in a goldfish bowl, uh, so everybody knows everything that's going on um, and who's been at your door um, and so recently um, those um, I've realized that those incidents, those the hard bits, um, actually give us opportunities. So for example, I was flooded recently. My neighbour um, flooded me from upstairs and my kitchen fell off the wall, so way new kitchen. But actually what it gave us opportunities and doors that opened that I would never have had before and um, people are just genuinely nosy and they saw uh, the builders in my house and wanted to know what was going on and how the, the work was going and so people that I didn't even know um, were asking me questions and having conversations with me um that I, would have taken me years to start and so the reality is those opportunities not that I would say floodings the best way to go but they, they brought the, the, the bad stuff brought hidden opportunities that I, I didn't even realize that, that we'd have. Those wouldn't have happened if I was living in a nice area. And um, so I genuinely love here, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else.
1: Malcolm Griswold, pastor of Reformation Church in Detroit, Michigan, talks about the importance of those from the inner city staying in the inner city and how that makes a gospel impact. Listen in.
0: Greetings, brothers and sisters. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've been tasked with to answer the question, why is it worth to consider to remain in the inner city? Well, that's a weighty question, and I'd love to talk about it to you guys. So for me, growing up in the inner city, for me, I didn't have any positive role model I didn't had no no deacons in my neighborhood I didn't have no no pastors in my neighborhood I didn't have no no godly Christians a godly example of biblical Christianity in my community in my context I had drug dealers I had pimps I had womanizers I had thieves I had gangsters and gang members and all of those things that comes with the inner city life. So for me, growing up, I gravitated towards my peers and my role models because, you know, I I wanted to be like them. So I began myself to sell drugs and to to be a womanizer, to drop out of school and and to, to holler at and date every girl in the community. And guess what? There was nobody pointing me to Christ. There was nobody telling me about the good news of Jesus Christ. I had nobody in my community that looked like me, that walked like me, that talked like me, that dressed like me to point me to a biblical Christ and preach a biblical Jesus to my sin sick soul. So that's why it's worth considering. That's why it's worth to remain in the inner city where you are. And I firmly believe that it has to be uh, a calling from God for somebody to remain in the impoverished, in a community that's that's stricken with crime, that's stricken with drugs, that's stricken with police brutality towards black and brown folks. But I believe that the church or that the Christian man or woman should remain in the inner city and not leave that place. And you know why? Because I believe if Jesus and Paul was here today, Jesus and Paul would probably be hanging out in places like like Baltimore. Jesus and Paul would probably be hanging out where I am in the city of Detroit or in the city of Flint or in the the South Philly or North Philly. Jesus and Paul would be hanging out there and spending their time there. And that's why I believe, brothers and sisters, that we should remain in dark places to be the light. Because if we're going to be the light of Christ we have to remain in dark places how would people know what light look like if all they see is darkness so i urge you brothers and sisters to it's a worthy call to consider to remaining in the inner city when, when folks don't want to be there when folks Uh, make money and leave and move out to the suburbs where it's painted pretty better and more suitable for my kids and for my wife and for our security. But I urge you brothers and sisters to remain in the inner city, to be a light for Christ and to proclaim thus says the word of God and to preach Jesus and to model Jesus and to disciple the least, the last and the lost. That's why it matters
1: peace Jamie Dunlop a pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist Church he's the author of Compelling Community and he highlights why his community compels him to display the glory of God so listen in
3: Hey my name is Jamie uh, and Pastor Joel has asked me to answer a question for you which is, how does church community, which is deep and rich, create a desire to live near your church, or something I think he's been calling uh, intentional living. Just some background. I came to my church in Washington, D.C. about 23 years ago, uh, and my church is in the middle of the city, and like many church members, I lived out in the suburbs. I remember I had a friend, Jennifer, who told me that she was moving from our suburb to a house a few blocks away from the church, And I didn't understand why. I thought it was kind of strange. After all, I told her, you commute to work five days a week and go to church one day a week. So why does this make any sense? But she did it. And I saw all kinds of good fruit in her life as a result. And so a year later, I did the same thing. And I'm still here. Uh, Minus a few years in San Francisco when my wife and I missed this church community and we came back. Now things have changed in the last 23 years. So the... um, The house across the street from the church that sold the year I got here is on the market again for seven times that amount of money. So I think the barrier to being here in the neighborhood has changed from what uh, I guess for a lot of people was concerned about safety to today's concern about cost. So, you know, do you really want half your paycheck going to rent? Well, let me let me give you kind of two categories of goodness, I think, has come from watching as more and more people in my church have decided to live in the neighborhood of the church. Uh, the first is uh, doing that really helps you cultivate that church community. So life is busy and living near the congregation near your church means that relationships don't have to be planned. So maybe you're a new mom and you're trying to squeeze your social life in between nap times Uh, you're older you have limited energy maybe you're uh, uh, mid-career you've got a busy job well when you live close to people in your church it's just so much easier for you to invest time in them and i think it's so much easier to feel like you know your congregation when you run into them on a regular basis at the bus stop on the metro in the grocery store on the street Uh, i would say most days i run into somebody in the church as i'm walking around the neighborhood and those little conversations are so good, uh, so rich, often surprisingly rich. Uh, they're good for holding up those one and other commands that the Bible gives to us. I think living near your congregation is helpful in transparency. Right, Christians aren't people who hide. We we don't keep private all to ourselves. We live out in the open. That's what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, so, people in my church they know my neighbors. They see my interaction with my neighbors. They see my interaction with other church members. That is so good for living a life that's kind of, you know, 360 degrees. And I, I think another benefit, and this is going to vary based on different times of life, but especially when you've got kids at home, uh, living close to your church means that you don't all have to kind of pile into the minivan and leave church at the same time on Sundays. But, you know, someone can go at one time, and a few people go in another time, and you can uh, you don't you don't have to kind of time fellowship with the church based on who's youngest and most ready for a nap and most hungry. So that's one category is cultivating community. I think there's another category, which is you want to show off this community you have as a church. Jesus said they'll they'll know your Christians by your love for one another. Well, how are they going to know if they don't know? Uh, So as I think about the people who I know on my block, uh, I would say every single one of them knows someone in our church besides just me. And that means they get different perspectives as to what it means to be a Christian. Uh, that means that um, they get to uh, they get to know you know multiple people in the church over over a long period of time. You know, relationships with neighbors are very different from relationships with coworkers. And coworkers, you get to know each other really deeply, really quickly because you spend a ton of time together. Neighbors, you have the benefit of of a more longitudinal, long term relationship, uh, but it can happen more slowly, and so over a long period of time neighbors get to know multiple people in the church i think can be really powerful and then i think it's easier to obey jesus command to love your neighbor together with the church if you guys have the same neighbors so i think of a situation where uh, it snowed a ton and i grabbed another guy from the church who lived on my block and said let's shovel out this guy's car old elderly neighbor of mine so we shoveled for two and a half hours and we finally got to the license plate it was a New Jersey license plate. Now, my neighbor does not live in New Jersey. I don't live in New Jersey. We had picked the wrong car. Uh, <laughs> we went and shoveled his out anyway. And a year later, my other neighbor, whose boyfriend owned the car from New Jersey, discovered what had happened. She was so amazed that this other gentleman, who didn't know her, never met her, didn't even know the other neighbor, had done it just because we're members of the same church. Well, I love that. It's just a, a really tangible way to show what it looks like to be a Christian. You know, you can tell a lot about someone's life from what they do with the margins of their life, with their discretionary money, with their discretionary time. So where do you wanna invest in spontaneity? Do you wanna be able to run into work quickly, whenever you want? Do you wanna be able to run to your kid's school quickly whenever you want? Or do you wanna be able to run to the community of your church whenever you want? I think investing in your ability to be spontaneous in church life is it's really important. I think it's often overlooked. Uh, not everyone can do this, doesn't make sense for everyone, uh, but for those who can, I think that uh, that kind of intentional living is, uh, is worth a lot more than we give it credit for.
1: Alton Haynes, a member of the Garden Church, recently just bought a house in the neighborhood and he shares how living his life in the neighborhood helps convict him and encourages him to steward his gifts, his time, and his resources.
4: God has used um, me living in the city and me living near my church to um, remind me of uh, and and really convict me about how I'm stewarding um, the relationships that he sovereignly appointed in my life. Even scripture reminds us um, to um, not boast for tomorrow. Proverbs 27, 1 says not to boast for tomorrow. Um, because we do not know what the day will bring forth. Um, And so I think as I am mindful about that and mindful um, um, just even thinking about how the Lord has um, sovereignly appointed um, people that you just brush shoulders with on a day-to-day basis, it's really convicted me and, um, and reminded me just of and spurred me to want to be more intentional in that, in that respect. Even as I think about how that relates to where I, where I live, um, I've been able to see just the benefits of inviting someone um, to a body of believers that is in a community that they have grown up in and may even be a few blocks from where they live, as opposed to, um, to being in a community or an environment that they're really not familiar with. Um, and then I guess, so to someone who was considering, um, what living near, near your church or living more intentionally would look like, I would, I guess, point them to, um, you know, Paul's letters to the church at Corinth in, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians nine, 19 through 23, where, um, he, he basically says, you know, um, though I am free from all, um i've become a servant to all um that by all means um i may win some and um and what that looks like to um and then at verse 23 he concludes i do it all for the sake of the gospel um that um, i may share with them in its blessings as you might consider um what living more intentionally would look like i would um, One, encourage you to be prayerful and ask the Lord for wisdom and and knowing that he will give you that wisdom. And two, um, I would just say not to um, second guess um, how God can use um, where exactly where you live and the community that you live in and invest in and the people that you brush shoulders with um, to open doors uh, to share the hope of Christ. Thanks for listening
0: to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.